first word. My name is Pastor Dave, coming to you from beautiful Minnesota. First Word is a podcast that is dedicated to reading and discussing the Bible together. First Word is a great place to begin your exploration of the mysteries revealed in the Bible. So let's dive in. First word, we're studying the book of Mark, and we're, we're going to read Mark chapter 1, 1 through 8, the beginning of the book. We read it in the first episode, and we're going to uh, finish this first eight verses here in the second episode. So let's read it. Mark 1, 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey, and this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. So Mark starts off telling us, as we said last episode, that Jesus is the Messiah. And then he introduces us to John the Baptist. So this begs the question, who in the world is John the Baptist? Well, he's mentioned in each of the Gospels. His most extensive uh, introduction is in Luke chapter 1 to chapter 3, and I encourage you to read that when you have time. John's parents are Elizabeth and Zachariah. Now, they weren't able to have children, and many of you know that journey all too well. It's a really difficult journey. In the ancient world, with so much physical labor needed to survive, it was a it was really painful and also dangerous to not really have children, somebody that can help you with all the tasks as you age. And when they were late in life, an angel visited them and said, you are going to have a baby boy. His name is going to be John, and he's going to tell the people, uh, the Jewish people, about who the Messiah is. He's going to prepare the way. Now, another interesting fact about Elizabeth and Zechariah, that Zechariah worked um, in the temple and in Elizabeth was related to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so they did have this boy, John, and John grew up and he rejected uh, comfort and easier living. He went out into the wilderness and he, he took the life of somebody that was poor and, and living in the wilderness. So his dress was camel hair, which I don't think was the most comfortable. It wasn't Patagonia, that's for sure. And then he had locusts and wild honey as his diet, which was common a common diet if you lived in the wilderness. Not common if you lived uh, like where John grew up. And so he took this kind of difficult path. And in Mark 1 and, and in Luke chapter 3, they each quote Isaiah 40. If you see in the Bible words that are indented, it means it's a quote from the Old Testament. And it talks about Isaiah 40, which is a great passage and I encourage you to read that as well. And, and John is to prepare the way for the Lord. He's the voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John was, was letting people know what God is like and who the Messiah is going to be. Now, how did John prepare the way? Well, he did so, as it says in Mark 1, in verse uh, 4, that he preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
this is the way of Jesus, that we own up to our shortcomings, we repent and we turn and we go a different way. And baptism was a physical example of this. You would stand up in the water and you would, you would go down into a place of death where you were dying to your sin and yourself and then you would rise out of the water soaking wet, clean, forgiven to a new beginning, new life. Uh, um, and this, this was an example of what it means to repent. In Luke chapter 3, John says, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, that you no longer are living for yourself, now you're living for your neighbor, and you produce fruit. Galatians 5 uses the same verbiage, and it says the fruit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. In Luke chapter 3, the people asked John, what does it mean to produce fruit? And John phrased it this way, Luke 3, verse 11 to 15, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who only has one, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked, what should we do? And he replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. So he was telling people, don't use your power, your status, your influence, your wealth to just benefit yourself. Be looking always at your neighbor and whose life you can bless and who you can show generosity and kindness and patience to. It was a better way, a more beautiful way, the way of Jesus. The people were so taken by John and his teachings that they wondered if he was the Messiah. In Luke 3.15 it says, The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John, he could have grabbed the title. Everybody was wondering and, and talking about it. Most humans cannot resist agreeing with people who call you great. That's, that's challenging. To be a person that resists agreeing with people who call you great. John had every opportunity to capitalize on his talent and the position God had put him in. And he could have said, yeah, I am the Messiah. And he could have got a following and fame and money and all that came with it. But in verse 7 of Mark 1, John says these amazing words, After me comes the one more powerful than I. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie his sandals. Think about that word picture. John saying, this, this the Messiah, I'm not even worthy to, to touch his shoes. In John 3, chapter 3, the book of John, it's John the Baptist says this, He, Jesus, must become greater. I must become less. What's remarkable, John the Baptist, is not his talent and his preaching and, and how he communicates. And it's, it, What's remarkable is his humility. John was this man who was written about in the Old Testament, who was blessed by his birth um, being declared by angels. He was, he was a talented, powerful preacher. He had a large following, but he lowered himself. And soon in John's life, his followers will leave him and follow Jesus. Soon John will actually be put in prison. And in Mark chapter 6, we'll read that John is executed by the authorities. Now, you and I, our lives are about loss, not as extreme for most of us as John. He's going to lose a lot, his following, his freedom, his life. But all of our lives are about loss. We can't avoid it. We can try not to think about it, but we can't avoid it. I'm almost 47 and realize, yeah, as life goes on, you lose. You lose your 
ability to be strong, you will lose your ability uh, to be young, to be beautiful, to be handsome. You don't move as well. Eventually, it's hard to move at all. Your ability to hear, to see, uh, to be quick-minded, to endure, to remember. You lose eventually uh, any title that you have. You lose people. And I can just depress you on and on. We can make this a really depressing podcast if we want to. But life is about loss. And John the Baptist shows us a better way. John the Baptist shows us that when your value, your significance, and your deep belief in faith is in the fact that you are known and you matter to the mighty God, the God of the universe. When you know that death is defeated and nothing can separate you from God's love, Romans chapter 8, then you can lose everything and still be contented, hopeful, joyful, and at peace. I often think that as a Christian, the beautiful and hopeful way is that you and I could become a quadriplegic and still be contented, hopeful, joyful, and at peace. Not easy, challenging, but that, I think, is the way of Jesus. With Jesus, you can belong with Him, and in doing so, you can let go of belonging anywhere else. That is a beautiful and amazing way to live, the way of John the Baptist. Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for joining us at First Word. Artwork is by Emily Lemon. Sound production for First Word is by Chris Stoltzman. And original music by Lonnie Leo.